0: Welcome to today's program. My name is Rick Renner, and I'm so glad that you've let me come right into your space because today we're beginning a brand new series, and I'm so excited about it. It's called Real Faith versus Fake Faith or Misplaced Faith. The subtitle says, How to Make Sure Your Faith is Real, Not Fake or Misplaced and how to really put your faith to work. This is going to be very deep and very practical. It is a life-transforming series that you can order right now by going online or by giving us a call. And my friend, it comes with a study guide and the study guide is enormous. And when you have the study guide, you can read all the notes that are in this program while you see it or while you hear it. So you really get this teaching down deep inside you and you can reinforce it in your heart and in your mind. And right now we are offering you two books, which we don't normally do, but we're offering you my book called Dream Thieves, Overcoming Obstacles to Fulfill Your Dream and my second book, The Point of No Return, Tackling Your Next New Assignment with Courage and Common Sense. These two books go together, and they are on faith and how to launch out in faith with courage and with common sense. You can do anything that God has asked you to do, but you need to know how to do it boldly, with courage and with common sense. And in these books you will receive a treasure trove of revelation to help you step out in faith. So order yours today by going online or by giving us a call right now and please let us know how to pray for you. Matthew 18:19 says if any two of you, two of you will agree as touching anything I will do it. Well, we're here, you're there. If we can connect we can pray together. That's two of us. And the Bible says if two of us will agree as touching anything, He will do it that His Father would be glorified. And if you will let us know how to pray, we will get into agreement with you. And Jesus really will answer you. Amen. But hey, I'll be back in just a moment.
1: Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust. A message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick. My friend, I want you to
0: reach for your Bible, and today you're going to find out that if you or anyone you know is trusting in anything but Christ alone for your salvation, you are in a heap of trouble. That is a misplaced, fake faith. Our salvation is due to faith in Christ and Christ alone. But think how many people you know who have said, well, I'm trying to live a good life. I'm trying to live by the Ten Commandments. I'm trying to keep the law of God. But my friends, it is impossible for anyone to keep the whole law of God. And James chapter 2 says, if you offend in one point of the law, And how many laws were there? Not 10. 613 laws. You can't even remember them all. How are you going to keep them all? And if you offend in one single point of 613 laws, you're guilty of the whole thing. And that already will keep you out of heaven. So there must be another place to put our faith. That's what we're going to see in today's program. But let's begin in James chapter 2 and verse 10. It says, for whosoever shall keep the whole law, yet offend in one point. Now, that is just an amazing verse to me. The word keep shows a person that is very, very diligent. They're truly trying to do what is right. It's the Greek word tereo, the very word that would normally be used to describe a soldier that is positioned to protect something. He's watching guard. He's showing diligence. So this is a good person. This is a person that's being very diligent. They're trying to live upright and do what is right. But the verse says, whosoever shall keep the whole law. Again, this word law refers to the law of the Old Testament. And here it has a definite article, the law. And in the law of the Old Testament, there were not just 10 commandments. There were 613 laws. Let me ask you, can you possibly memorize 613? laws and live by all of them? I don't think so. And according to this verse, if you keep 612 of them, but there's 613. If you keep 612 and you miss one, you're guilty of the whole thing because that is the standard that God requires. But look what it says. Whosoever shall keep the whole law. The word whole is the Greek word holos. So it's where we get the word whole. It means all complete, something that is entire, the total thing, 613 laws, and yet, the word yet in Greek is the word day, it means remarkably offend in one point. It says remarkably because it would be amazing if anybody could not just offend in one point, yet remarkably he just offends in one point. The word offend, the Greek word pitaio, means to stumble or to make a mistake. He has worked so hard to do everything right and he failed or he stumbled in one single point. The word one in Greek is the word "heni," It means one singular mistake, one singular mistake in keeping every law and regulation of the Old Testament. And then James adds, he is guilty of all. The word all is a Greek word which means all. It is all inclusive, including all of it. And the word guilty, the Greek word enokos, a very bad word, which means to ensnare, to be trapped, therefore to be guilty. If you break one single law contained in the Old Testament, this verse says you're guilty of all of them. God requires that we keep all of them if we're going to attain our salvation by law. Then he says in James 2:11, for he that said, do not commit adultery also said, do not kill. Well, our subject is not adultery or killing, but because these words are in the text, let's see what they mean. The word adultery is a Greek word, which means literally to take something illegally. It doesn't belong to you. One who violates a marital commitment by having a sexual relationship outside the covenant of marriage. One who is guilty of indecent sexual behavior. The word kill means to intentionally murder, to intentionally commit homicide. And now the verse says, Now if thou commit no adultery, hmm, yet if thou kill... So you were right in one area, but wrong in another area. Thou art become a transgressor of the law. And again, the point is, if you offend in one singular point of 613 laws contained in the Old Testament law, you are guilty of all of them. And verse 12 says, so speak ye and so do ye. As they that shall be judged is the equivalent of saying, if you want to live by that law, you're going to be judged by that law. And praise God, there's another way for us to live. But it says you're going to be judged by it. Then it says in verse 13, For he shall have judgment without mercy that hath shown no mercy. Wow. But what we find is the law leads to death. No one can keep 613 laws. And my friend, if you offend in one single law after being diligent and trying to live upright and do good all of your life and live by the Ten Commandments, but you fail in one single point, you've been entrapped by it all. And the Bible says you're guilty of the whole deal, which means you are prohibited from heaven. The law leads to death. And that is why the Apostle Paul wrote so clearly in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 6 and said, The letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. The word killeth, the Greek word apothekno, listen to what it means. It means to slaughter. The law slaughters. It means to massacre. The letter or the law, it massacres, to ruthlessly kill, to torture, to outright slaughter. And my friends, I'm going to tell you that if you try to Gain heaven by simply being good. It really will be torture to you. And this word killeth can also denote a death sentence. It is a death sentence. It's a death sentence. The Bible clearly says by the knowledge of the law, all men become aware of their sin. If you try to live by the law and to do good and to gain heaven by the law, you're simply going to discover that you cannot do it. Wow. So then, why did God give the law? If we're unable to keep it, why did he give it? Well, the answer is found in Romans chapter 3, verse 19, that every mouth may be stopped and that all the world may become guilty before God. That is such a remarkable verse. The word that is very important. It is the Greek word henna. It points to a special point. It's leading us to a conclusion. Here is the reason why God gave the law that every mouth. And the word every is the Greek word pan. It's all inclusive of everyone that has ever lived on the face of the earth. It includes me. It includes you. It includes everyone you know that every mouth may be stopped. And the word mouth is the Greek word stoma. The word stoma can describe the physical mouth, but it also describes the point of a sword. And here it describes a mouth that is trying to make a point. It is a verbal argument, a verbal argument or a verbal defense, that every verbal argument, every verbal defense may be Stopped. Think how many people you've heard say, Well, I know that I'm not perfect, but you know, I I think that if I try to do good, I'll be able to go to heaven. You know what? That is not the standard. You have to be perfect to go to heaven. And my friends, the only way you can be perfect is through the blood of Jesus. It is impossible for you to keep the whole law. And if you're trying to go to heaven, and attain perfection on the basis of keeping the Old Testament law, you are in trouble. That's why James says, if you want to live by that law, this is a hard route to take. This is the hardest route to take. It is a death sentence. The letter kills. It is simply impossible to go to heaven on the basis of you proving that you're good enough or you've kept the whole law and Romans 3:19 says that in order that pointing to the conclusion, every single mouth, every verbal argument, every verbal defense may be stopped. The word stopped is the Greek word phraso. In this case, it means to be closed, it means to be blocked, to be shut up, to be sealed. Every verbal argument or defense is stopped and sealed shut. There is no defense for your life if you're not trying to come to heaven through the blood of Jesus. There's no argument that's going to get you into heaven on the basis of your works. Your works will never be enough to get you into heaven. And then it goes on to say, and all the world may become guilty before God. The word all, again, this all-inclusive world, word, which means every single person that has ever lived, including every person living right now, me, you, and everyone else, may become guilty. Hmm. This word guilty is different than the word that we saw in James chapter 2. This word guilty is hupodikas, from the word hupo and the word dike. The word hupo means to be under. The word dike Describes a judicial verdict, but when you compound the two words together, here's what it means. Listen to this one who is under an irreversible legal verdict of guilt that has been passed down by the court. Hence, one who has no defense and is under an irreversible judgment. That is literally what it means. And then Romans three twenty continues to say, therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight for by the law is the knowledge of sin. The word therefore at the very first of verse 20, the Greek word D.O.T. means consequently, therefore, of a surety, it leaves no wiggle room. There is no room for an optional debate. It is a final conclusion given in Scripture that by the deeds of the law, and the Greek literally says, out of the works of the law, and it pictures a person who's living in the law, performing out of the law, but it tells us that it is impossible for the law to save us. By the deeds of the law shall no flesh. No flesh means you. It means me. It means all of us. By the deeds of the law, by the work of the law, out of the law, in the doing of the law, shall no flesh be justified in his sight. Wow. The word justified, it's where we get the doctrine of justification from the Greek word dikaio, Also from the Greek word dike, which depicts a judicial verdict. But here, it is a judicial verdict indicating a person is innocent. Innocent. Here, it pictures an upright standing before a court of law, or in this case, the court of heaven, where God is the judge. But if you're trying to get into heaven based on your works, you're not going to make it. You're simply not going to make it. That's why the verse says, therefore, by the deeds of the law, living in the law, doing the law, living out of the law, depending on how you perform the law. In this way, no flesh, no flesh, will have a right standing in his sight. And oh, how I love this phrase, in his sight, the Greek word "enopion" It means in his gaze, in front of his eyes. When we finally stand in front of him, we're not going to be found justified and pure and perfect because of how we live by the law, because no one can keep the whole law, even if you keep all of it but one You're guilty of the whole thing. Therefore, by the law is the knowledge of sin. This verse is so very powerful. You may say, why did God give the law if the law cannot perfect us? Because when you try to keep the law, you find out you cannot keep it. By the law is the knowledge of sin. And the word knowledge is the Greek word epignosis. The word epi means on top of The word gnosis is the word for knowledge. When you compound the two words together, it pictures one on top of his subject so that he knows it like a professional, a person who possesses an in-depth knowledge of an object, a person or truth, a masterful and professional knowledge of a subject. I remember when I was a younger man, I really struggled with my salvation. I struggled with works, thinking that I had to be good enough and somehow, if I could just be pious enough, God would be obligated to accept me. Well, I knew that salvation came to me by the grace of God, but there was just a works tendency in me. And I would pray and I would say, oh God, please save me. Lord, if I wasn't sincere the last time I prayed, I'm sincere this time. Literally a couple of hours would pass. I would find myself praying again. You know why? I was so aware of my sin. I was so aware of all the areas of my life where I was failing and stumbling. And I know that if you're not perfect, you can't come into heaven. That's what the Bible teaches. Well, how in the world can you be perfect? And when you try to be perfect, you find out that you are imperfect. When you try to keep the law, you figure out you cannot do it. You cannot do it. And therefore, by the law is the knowledge of sin. And actually when it says by the law, the Greek uses the word dia, it means through the agency of the law is a knowledge of sin. You really come to grips like a master with the fact that you are unable to do everything that God requires. Well, why then did God give the law? Well, let's go to another verse. Galatians chapter 3, verse 24. Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by faith. Oh, this is so powerful. The word schoolmaster is a Greek word which describes an instructor, an authorized teacher to educate a child and lead him or her to adulthood into a higher development The law was legally appointed to bring us to a higher conclusion and to a more noble place. The law was a teacher. And by failing at the law and failing at the law, trying our best to live by the law and unable to live by the law, we become totally aware, we come to the knowledge of the fact that we are unable to do everything that is written in the law and therefore, it leads us to somewhere else. It brings us to a higher place, to a more noble place. It brings us to Christ that we might be justified by faith. My friends, that word justified, again, the Greek word diakio, which is a judicial verdict indicating a person is Innocent, he has an upright standing before the Court of Heaven, the Court of Heaven, where God is the judge, and because this person has placed his faith in Christ alone and in the shed blood of christ he's cleansed he's not cleansed because he's perfect he's cleansed because he's trusted in the perfect blood of Christ, which cleanses us and gives us a right standing before God. And that is why Galatians three twenty six goes on to say, for you are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. The word all, the Greek word pas, again, an all-inclusive term, which means if you belong to Christ, here is the only reason you belong to Christ. For you're all children of God. How? By faith, not by works, not by performing the deeds of the law or living in them. It's right that we obey the Word of God. But my friends, if you try to obey everything written in the Bible, you're simply going to find what you cannot do. You are not good enough or sharp enough to keep everything recorded in the Old Testament or in the the New Testament. And this verse says, we are the children of God by faith, by faith. And the word children is the plural form of the Greek word, we, which describes a son by birth or a son by adoption, We've all been adopted by the Father. That's why we call Him Abba Father. He has sent the spirit of adoption into our heart, not because of our works, but because of our trust in the precious blood of Jesus. And for that reason, we share His nature. We are the children of God by faith. And the word by in Greek is the word dia. And guess what it means? Through the agency of faith not the agency of works, not the agency of performance. We are all the children of God by faith through the agency of faith in Christ Jesus. And the word in in Greek is the word in, which means in, it describes a fixed location inside Christ Jesus, a faith that is fixed in Christ and Christ alone. Now, I have a book which is called Build Your Foundation. And in this book, particularly in chapter two, I talk about faith towards God. If you don't have this book, you need to read this book because it will explain to you what faith in Christ and Christ alone really means. But what we've learned today is that if you have a faith, placed in anything but Christ and His blood, your faith is fake and it is misplaced. But my friends, you can put your faith in the right place and become a child of God today. Praise God, you're not accepted on the basis of your works. By the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. You're accepted because you've placed your faith in Jesus and in the precious work of His blood.
1: I'll be back in just a moment. How do you know if you're moving in a kind of faith that will really change circumstances? Since there is a real faith and a fake faith, are you sure that you are operating in real faith? Fake faith won't do much, but real faith moves mountains. And nothing is more important than making sure you have mountain-moving faith that produces results. In this five-part series, Real Faith Versus Fake Faith, you'll see and learn that real faith has corresponding actions. The role of faith versus works about abraham's faith about rahab's heroic faith about how your faith can work wonders available in digital or physical formats starting at just ten dollars you'll learn how to stir up the fire of god that is in you with real bible faith you can also purchase the books dream thieves and the point of no return in these two powerful books rick will show you how to identify the thieves that come to steal your dream and how to keep going forward once you've passed the point of no return. Rick says, these two books are some of the best materials I've ever written and are designed to help people stay on target with their dreams until they see them fulfilled. Dream Thieves and the Point of No Return can be yours today for only $15 each. Don't miss this special offer. This series, Real Faith Versus Fake Faith and Dream Thieves and the Point of No Return. Call the number on your screen Or go to Renner.org to order. Call or go online now. Friends, this is Rick Renner. I want to give you a good
0: report. It is amazing. But we just signed the papers to purchase our new building in Tulsa, a new headquarters for our ministry. We've been in the same location for years and years and years, and we've outgrown it. And because so many people are reaching out to us for more teaching and for prayer and for ministry, we need more space so we can effectively minister to them. And at the same time, we're constructing our studio in Moscow where we're going to be filming the most wonderful Bible teaching programs that touch people all over the world. But the only reason we're able to do all of this at one time is because of people like you that are members of our giving team. And because of your gifts, we're able to do this in Tulsa, we're able to do this in Moscow. And my friends, I want to remind you that it's not about the buildings. No, 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 it's about people that need to be touched. We just need space so that we can minister to them. And I wanna say thank you so much for being a part of the giving team and remaining a part of the giving team as we get the buildings ready and put up walls and get ready to produce programming and to minister to people all over the face of the planet. And if you're not a partner and a member of our giving team yet, please become a part of our team today.
1: Pastor Rick's heart is just to get the message of the gospel out there. And because he is absolutely a man after God's own heart, when God says, do this, he says, yes, I know that we're gonna have substantial growth just because That is Pastor Rick's vision. Pastor Rick's heart is for people, and that's why he always says, call in for prayer because he's sincere and he means it, and we do too. We're all very honored and humbled. It's just been a wonderful thing to see the growth that has happened because we know the growth comes with people's lives being changed, and that's what our heart is about. These are the end times that we're living in, and there are a lot of new believers. There are many people wonderful. It's wonderful to hear that, um, coming, to, coming to know Jesus for the first time. And um, I'm so thankful that we have the tools and the resources available, ready for them when they need it. We're just privileged to get to lend our gifts and our touches to written communication from this ministry.
0: I'm so glad you've been with me today. And as you've heard me teach today, if you have a question about your salvation or maybe any question has arisen in your heart and you feel that you need to talk to somebody or have somebody pray with you, please reach out to us. We're waiting for the phone to ring right now. We would love to talk to you and to pray with you for anything that is on your heart. And we're offering you my brand new series called Real Faith Versus Fake Faith, how to make sure your faith is real, not fake, and how to really put it to work. And tomorrow, we're going to see how to really put your faith to work. It's going to be wonderful, so be sure to join me tomorrow. But this comes with a study guide. And right now, we're also offering you two books. One is called Dream Thieves, Overcoming Obstacles to Fulfill Your Dreams, and a second book, which is called The Point of No Return. The subtitle says Tackling Your New Assignment with Courage, and common sense. And the reason we're offering these two books together is because they're really dual books. They go together. Both of them are about faith, how to pursue the dream that God has put in your heart, how to use your faith, how to launch out with courage and with common sense. And I want you to have these. So either go online or give us a call to get yours right now. But Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus that today we could go through James chapter 2 And find out that by the deeds of the law, no flesh shall be justified. But thank you for the cross. Thank you for the shed blood of Jesus and that we can trust in that blood. Lord, we thank you that you gave the law as an Old Testament schoolmaster to bring us to the knowledge that we're never going to get to heaven by ourselves. We have to come through the agency of faith in Christ Jesus. We thank you for this in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. I'll see you tomorrow, but remember Ecclesiastes 8, 4, where the word of a king is, there's power.